When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca. And welcome to the Friday edition of Game Misconduct. I am Don LaGreca. We are in to round number two, and yet still there's a lot of people, especially who listen to this podcast, just can't get by You know the first round and everything that happened with the Rangers. And I just want to be able to start with that just because it's so fresh. And as of this recording, which is just after 1 o'clock Eastern time on Friday, there hasn't been a move made. You know, Larry Brooks talking about how the silence is deafening, that Gerard Gallant, who's very defensive on baggy day back on Tuesday, you know, isn't reacting to the media asking him questions. He's reacting to the deafening silence that's come within the organization about his status. Usually you hear something by now on whether he's been fired or coming back. And I looked to Winnipeg when it looked like uh, Rick Bonus pretty much dug his own grave by ripping into his players about their effort and no pushback in their five-game defeat to Vegas. And Kevin Sheveldayoff came out the next day and issued a statement saying that Rick Bonus isn't losing his job. He's staying. Um, now, that doesn't always mean that minds can't be changed and that things can change over the next month or during the course of the summer. But, you know, immediately his job was in question and the organization came out and defended the coach. And, and there really hasn't been anything. So that leads me to believe that there's still discussing or thinking about what to do. And again, I haven't talked to anybody, not that anybody would tell me anything, but this really fuels the speculation. Is it Joel Quinville? The Rangers need to request permission for the NHL. He needs to be reinstated to allow to be hired after he was let go about October of 2021 when he was uh, in charge of the then 7-0 Florida Panthers after what happened with Kyle Beach back in 2010 with the Chicago Blackhawks. And we've talked about that a lot here on this podcast. And whether he deserves another chance, whether the Rangers can survive the PR hit, that's all probably a conversation for another day, quite frankly. But it, it does add to the spe- speculation, is that in the works? And is that the target? And if Quinville isn't reinstated or if it doesn't work out, they'll keep Gallant. Because it, there's two things that factor into the firing of a coach or a manager. It's uh, do you want to fire him and who, who's going to replace him? So and, and and is that replacement better suited? You know, I I can think of there's guys that are available. Peter Laviolette's available. Daryl Sutter's available. Although you're hearing rumors, um, and there was a report that there were players on the Flames that requested trades that rescinded those requests after Sutter was fired. So that kind of tells you that the you know the players probably really weren't in the mood to have to deal with him. Although Sutter is somebody that makes an immediate impact. We can't forget what he did in Los Angeles with the Kings, but he also wears on people. So does Peter Laviolette. Heck, every coach in some way, shape, or form has success and then kind of peters out. It's a very transitional, uh, transient position in sports as the head coach of a hockey team in the NHL, probably no more transient than any other sport. 
you know, the Devils won three cups in three uh, three different uh, coaches back during their dynasty of the of the of the nineties and the early two thousands. So um, coaches kind of come and go, but. Um, I, I, Gallant seemed a little too defensive for me to believe that he doesn't think that he's going to possibly get fired. But if you listen to this podcast, you know there's got to be a lot that falls on the players. You can't always be changing coaches. Um, the players have to play better, and they have to be put into a better position. I get that, and sometimes coaches can do that. But there really isn't a lot for Chris Drury to do. He's got cap constraints. What he's got maybe about eleven million dollars to play with, as far as you know, bringing back, uh, giving contracts to Miller, to Lafreniere, to Kako, uh, to replace uh, um, Tarasenko and Kane, or bring them back. That so there's not a lot of money there, uh, and there's also guys that you can't move. Uh, Artemi Panarin is an eleven plus million dollar cap hit. He's got three more years left on his contract, and oh by the way, he's got a no movement clause. So. Good luck trying to move Panarin. So these ideas of, well, just trade Panarin or buy him out. You're not buying out a guy that's a 90-plus point producer during the course of the regular season. You still have to make the playoffs. I understand that he hasn't done very much. When you look at the five rounds the Rangers have played in the playoffs over the last two years, uh, he's got a grand total of 18 points, with 11 of them coming on the power play. So um, Artemi Panarin has been a problem in the postseason, but a lot of players have been a problem in the postseason. I saw a lot of inconsistencies consistency out of Adam Fox. I thought Keandre Miller had a terrible postseason for as good as he was in the regular season. Uh, Chris Kreider's probably exempt from criticism with his six goals, but you know five of the six came on the power play, and four of the six came in the first two games of the series when everybody seemed to be on their game with the exception of Zibanejad and Panarin when they won the two games by a combined 10-2, and then what happened over the next five games you lose four of them, uh, get outscored greatly, shut out twice. So they're really, outside of Igor Shosturkin, there really isn't a lot of players that can hang their head high and say, don't blame me, don't point the finger at me. I just don't know what Chris Drury can do. If my gut tells me Gallant's gone, my gut tells me that um, Joel Quinn, they'll kick the cans on Quinville. Um, we'll see. Uh, he kicked it, the cans it, on himself. What do you mean by that? You said Joe Quenville kicked the can on Joe Quenville. Oh, uh, well, that is true. Um, but she's actually, yeah, that is accurate, isn't it? I, um, I think you're a fan. Sure. I, I, th- there will be uh, a lot of pushback to hiring him. Now, for listen, I said it's, it's save it for another day. Uh, Joel Quenville basically was disciplined by the National Hockey League, forced to resign in Florida because he lied. Um, he first said he didn't know anything about the Kyle Beach situation, and then after the investigation, it was uh, he was proven that he was in on meetings about the Beach situation. So that's pretty much where it was. I mean, I, you could look at and say he could have done more. Well, you know, Stan Bowman could have done more. He was the general manager. Ownership could have done more. There's a lot of other people above um, Joel Quinville that could have handled the Beach situation and didn't. So, but the fact that he lied about it put him in a put him in the crosshairs, and something had to happen. Now, how long should you be out if he is rehired by a team? It'd be a pretty much two years gone from the organization. So, but we'll see. But uh, again, that's a lot. That's a conversation for another day. But I know a lot of people were, you know, getting my opinions on what Galan had said the other day, and he seemed very defensive, and it's still very fluid as far as what might happen there. Um, the Toronto Maple Leafs are in a load of trouble. And, and the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Rangers, to me, are very similar. 
a lot of high skill players, but are they playoff players? And what I mean by that is you sometimes you need the gritty, the dirty. Are they too perimeter? Um, are they too fancy? Do they need to get tougher? Do they need to grind things out a little bit better? I mean, Matthews has that ability in him, but do they have it collectively as a team? But to focus on Toronto is to really do a disservice to what the Florida Panthers have accomplished here. They've won five straight games. Uh, They've also won five straight games on the road. And this is not a team that should be that you should be that blown away by them considering that you know we were just talking about Joel Quinville when Quinville resigned they were 7 and 0 they won the president's trophy last year now they lost lost Huberto they lost Weger a little bit of a different team but Paul Maurice has been a very good coach in this league took the Winnipeg Jets to the conference final not too long ago took the Carolina Hurricanes 20 years ago to the Stanley Cup final if you remember that uh, he's a good coach They've got really good players on this team. Verhage is growing right in front of our eyes. Barkov has been good for a long time now. And we know what Bobrovsky is capable of. He, he, he's, he's a former Vesna Trophy winner. Now, he's been a sieve in recent years, and that's why you kind of disregard him. But Bobrovsky stole that game, too. Um, and, and But give Florida credit. They came right back. They took advantage of mistakes early in the second period. Bad turnovers. And then once it was 3-2, it was the Bobrovsky show, and now it's 2-0 going back to Florida. I still think Toronto's going to be heard from in this series. We, 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 didn't we not learn our lesson from the Devil Ranger series from, from um, the first round? But give Florida credit. They, they know how to grind it out. They're a really good hockey team with some highly skilled players. They really haven't gotten very much from Duclair yet, and you know that he is probably going to be heard from. Kachuk is a world-class player on this team. Um, this Florida Panthers, uh, they, they're, they're firmly in the conversation now. We talked about how the door in the East was kicked open by Boston being eliminated. Florida is very much in that conversation, as are the Carolina Hurricanes. Remember them? They hadn't played in a while. Uh, they won in six games over the Islanders and really never overly threatened. They were down three games to one, lost a tough game five at home, but took care of business on the road in game six. So a team that really struggled not winning a road game last year in their two rounds now have a couple of wins on the road in one series and they just did not let the devils do anything the devils had 10 shots on goal through the first two periods and now a legitimate question can be asked like who who's in goal for the uh for the devils and where do you go moving forward this is so so it's two times over the last three games in which schmidt has been pulled i believe he was in the starters net today don schmidt was yes so you go back to, I guess, what what has gotten you all of your wins so far in these playoffs. But think about it. He was pulled in game six, pulled in game one. Again, he allowed three goals. It wasn't crazy, but some of them were kind of ugly. So I guess they'll go with him with a very short leash because you know that the guy that won you 33 games in the regular season is waiting there in the bullpen to come in. So, But I don't really look at the goaltending. It was just the lack of really getting anything going whatsoever because Carolina can do that. Well, not long ago where when we were talking about who's better for the Rangers to play, there was a period of time, if you remember Anthony, I'm like, I don't know if I want to play Carolina. They really know how to they really know how to clog the neutral zone, play good defensive hockey and really slow you down. They know how to do that. They just don't score. They did score five goals uh in game one, but they're they're not an overly offensive team um especially with the injuries that they've suffered through, although they did get Drury back, which which helps a little bit after he got hurt in, in in the first round of the series against the Islanders, um, but we'll see if they can continue with that. 
And if they're going to play the way they played in Game 1, this could be a very, very short series. Now, the Devils have shown you the ability to get off the mat. They did it after losing the first two games convincingly in the first round, but you don't want to keep going to that well. All right, And Carolina kind of knows how to play this system, and they're going to continue to play it. And the only way they're ever going to fall out of it is if they fall behind. I mean, that that's the key, is getting the first goal. It didn't seem to matter in the first series, and it doesn't seem to matter very much uh, in these playoffs. You saw Seattle score the first goal in all seven games against Colorado, and it still had to go seven games. So it's no guarantee that if you score the first goal that you're going to win. But in this series, if you want to get Carolina out of what they do well, then you're going to have to try to get them to chase goals, and that's what they're going to have to do. So that's the lone game tonight, uh, the game two uh, between the Hurricanes and the Devils as the Devils try to climb back into it. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The Kraken stars, um, I guess just don't score four goals, right? We saw Dreisaitl score four goals and they lost. You saw Pavelski score four goals in game one and they lose. But Dallas comes back, evens the series up last night, four to two. Pavelski gets his fifth of the series. So, uh, listen, the Kraken, they're not going to go away. You know, we saw them lose 4-1 in game six against Colorado at home, bounce back, and still win the series. They did exactly what they wanted to do. They got the split on the road, and we'll see. This is going to be, I picked the Dallas in five, but the Seattle team is really, really tough to get rid of. So I still think Dallas is going to win this series, but I think it's going to be just a lot of fun. And as I mentioned, the dry saddle four-goal explosion the other night, well, they're going to have the standalone game tomorrow at 7 o'clock at uh, the Golden Knights as the Oilers drop the first game, but no fault to dry saddle. But Edmonton, this was my concern about them in the first round, um, that they, they just give up too many goals. They give up too many opportunities, and they're too reliant on what is a very, very gifted power play. I mean, this power play is clicking. Uh, the last I checked, it was over 60%. Uh, given a click, 57.9% is where it stands right now. They are just killer. Just do not take penalties, but it also comes at the expense of maybe doing a little bit better five-on-five, five, but a little bit too leaky for my liking to make a serious run. We'll see if they can kind of clamp it down. So I'm looking forward to that series. And so far, the second round's been pretty entertaining. First round was great. We saw three game sevens, uh, no sweeps. Uh, so we'll see if that can continue here uh, in round number two. There's look- a golden opportunity, Don, for Dallas here, even though I love the Kraken because they made me money. Because I think that Jake Ottinger is without question, even though it didn't look that way in game one, the best goalie left in these playoffs. Right. Without question. Just from his, you go back to his 60 goal performance in the game seven loss last year uh, to Calgary. And you just know that he has that ability. I know Sergei Bobrovsky's turning the clock back a little bit, and Schmid has been very good for the Devils. But if you look at goalies remaining in these playoffs, you have to think that they have the best one. Yeah, I, I think there's no question about and it. that probably gives them, and we, we do talked about it before when the playoffs started, Don, that you like Dallas. We talk about how the East is wide open. I'm not saying that the West is wide open, but when you have the best goalie 
you have a pretty good chance of making it to the Cup, and I think that Dallas has that. Yeah, there's no question about it. Now, did it matter last year? No. No. (laughs) Uh, But look how superior you had to be talent-wise in order to overcome that. But you could have made the case, and look how far Tampa went. You know, Vasilevsky was the best play, uh, goalie in the playoffs, along with Shesterkin, and those were your two representatives in the Eastern Conference Final last year. Has there ever right? been a concussion that's made a person younger? Because no. Joe Pavelski has turned the <laughs> clock back about 10 years, the way he's played over these first it, two. It, it is really it's incredible. And he's had a really good season, too. Pavelski has been a, a, a terrific player for them. And I remember from him from his San Jose days, and, and I'm really happy for him. So you're right. Dallas, and I, I feel right now, even though I picked Edmonton to go to the Stanley Cup final, uh, right now I feel much better about Dallas for the exact reason that you said that. That's no offense to Skinner, but he is what he is. He's a rookie. He's a young player. Ottinger's only 23 as well. He's young, but I think he's accomplished a little bit more uh, in this league, and I feel a little bit more comfortable with him in goal. So even though I'm going to stick with my picks, right now I probably feel more comfortable with Dallas going to the Stanley Cup final than I do Edmonton, but it's still very early. Let's close it out with your interaction at uh, Don LaGreca, hashtag Game Misconduct on Twitter, and let's go to Adrian, who says, Hey, Don, no shade intended, but do you attend home playoff games of other area teams once the Rangers are out would be nice to meet up with you you'll be at Newark anytime soon thanks for all of your work this season a single Don LaGreca um, would probably travel to see some of these games live I love hockey live obviously uh, and uh, then you then you add uh, a married Don LaGreca, five year old twins Don LaGreca. It's it's tough. I I do want to get to Newark beyond just the two games that I called in the Rangers series, and I and I do attend if uh, it, it'll be it'll be tough on Sunday. But I'll try to get out there as this series gets a little bit deeper for sure. Um, and we'll try to meet up, Adrian. So I'll tweet you if I do go to a game. I would love to go. I had a nice run of going to Stanley Cup final games. Um, I remember, I remember Anthony was before he started working here back in 2010, um, game six, that was the game where Patrick Kane scored and nobody knew it, but Patrick Kane to win the Stanley cup. Yep. Uh, I worked until seven o'clock and I jumped in my car and I drove to Philadelphia and I got in the building for game six. I was in the building for that. Um, and we'll see if the devils, certainly if the devils make a run to the cup final, I'll be at every game for sure. Uh, but unfortunately, there isn't any really driving distance possibilities beyond uh, New Jersey uh, to be able to go to. Uh, Donnell Weaver says, Don, so the Devils on Wednesday night didn't even show up at all when puck drop against the Hurricanes. They forgot that they had a playoff game, but everyone has to step up now. And who would you put in net for game two, Schmid or Vanacek? It's a great question. It looks like it's going to be Schmid. Vanacek is your guy. So, again, this is the second time he's been pulled over the last three games. I think more he was pulled um, because of just how the team was playing in general. I'm cool with Schmid, but uh, this is it. All right, because we really don't know. We really don't know long haul what his future is like. Vanacek was brought here to be the number one goaltender, won 33 games during the regular season. We saw Schmid. We saw Blackwood. So, um, I I think... uh, Bernier probably, I think, might have played a couple of games. They played seven goaltenders last year. I think they played four this year. So Vanacek is probably your guy, but he hasn't won a playoff game. (laughs) Schmidt has, so he's probably given the benefit of the doubt. I wouldn't have been surprised if they would Vanacek tonight, but another loss, no matter how it happens, probably would be a smart idea to put Vanacek back in. 
for the home game on Sunday. James says, hey, Don, it seems clear that the Rangers need to reshape the construction of this roster and address five-on-five play in order to succeed in the playoffs. What changes would you recommend they make in terms of personnel or coaching to address their weaknesses? Not a lot you can do again with the roster unless you're going to make a big splash. If you're going to make a major trade to free up the salary, I don't know what you do. I really don't. Um, now, they'll have, again, some salary to work with, but let's not forget, uh, unless you're going to cut ties with Kako and Lafreniere, which I think would be a mistake, even though people are overall disappointed in Lafreniere being the number one overall pick and not producing a ton of points, and Keandre Miller, you got to bring back. I don't know what you can do with the roster. I really don't. Drury's going to have to get very, very creative, but you're absolutely right. Five-on-five play was dreadful at times, uh, and, and it was it was a problem last year. And special teams, it was such a special team's um, start to the playoffs. You know, the Rangers getting those you know, 10 power plays in the first two games of the series, but then going one for 21 after going four for seven. Yeah, the five-on-five play has to be better. We know the types of players that they need, right? Forget about the Ryan Reeves. People are misjudging that. We're talking about players that can kind of muck and grind and, you know, kind of like a Barkley Goudreau, but a guy that can play on one of the top three lines. I mean, Barkley is the type of player that they need it's just that at this stage of his career he's not going to produce the way you need but that type of player he's not afraid to get dirty work in the corners win the battles because the rangers didn't win a lot of battles five on five tyler bertuzzi eric howla those types of guys yeah but those are all expensive players that they can't fit you know eric howla's perfect for the playoffs look how great he was for the devils i mean bertuzzi um he played well despite the fact that boston lost but you know, they had to circumvent the cap in order to be able to work him in. He's making a lot of money. I don't see how you make that fit. Now, you hope that, you know, maybe you get a player on the cheap that can do that. Like, it, like if you look at um, Deneau for, for for Montreal, when they went to the cup final, he was their best player. He won face-offs. He was gritty. And then he ended up parlaying that to a big contract. So now you got to try to find that player maybe before he pops. So is it on the roster? Is it somebody they can find within the organization to grow into that? I but think it could be, not Brennan, the time to experiment. It could be Othman, but, but they have not been a team that has a propensity to bring up people that they don't want to right. and, at the and time. It, it, well, it's double that. There's that number one. And then can you give him, can you say this is what we need and have that player um, pick up that type of slack who's never played in the NHL before? I mean, it's a lot, and I think that can be the player. And maybe at some point... Um, if you bring him up this year, he can develop into that. But to have that be the answer to the question, and he's never played before, even though they're very high on him, that's a, that's a lot to ask. It certainly is. I know the Jets are bringing back their coach. I wonder if the guys like Shifley who have been disgruntled, I wonder if they'll be a big move for the Jets. And I wonder if that's a team that the Rangers look to if they want to make a big splash. Well, you're talking about trading top six players for top well, six players. I mean, listen, you might be able to convince Artemi Panarin to waive his no-movement clause. Not to Winnipeg. He's not going to do it for Winnipeg. No offense. I love the town. Anybody that's listened to this it's podcast can tell you that. It's all to Winnipeg. It is not. It is not. I'm not going to name the players because I don't want anybody to be disrespected um, for, for getting that. I, I, I one time was talking to a player. Um, and I said, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be calling the game in Winnipeg. I really love Winnipeg. He's like, you love Winnipeg? And he like called another player over to say, hey, come on and laugh at me because I love Winnipeg. No, listen, they, they can't keep Dubois. He's, he's going to leave too. 
because you, you'll get players from Winnipeg because they want to leave, but who are you going to be able to convince? They do have a relationship. Obviously, that's where they got Jacob Truba, so they've, they've dealt before. Um, even even going back to the you go to the Ferguson Paddock days, there's always like the, the the two organizations have always kind of been simpatico. Um, but no, I, I it's going to be those are great players to have. You're no right. It's just the only if you're you know if you're talking in an NHL EA Sports doesn't matter where you live kind of thing. If you're talking about trying to change up your roster with players that are of equal value to the players you have, that would be it. But you're right because there's so many hurdles you have to jump through. And Artemi Panarin, if you were to try and trade him, is not accepting a trade. Well, what you got to do, what you have to do, is you have to trade that player and get very little in return to have some team pick up that salary. So that's you got to get creative. Uh, or what you got to do, and, and I remember Lou Lamarillo did this back in the day, he he was desperate for cap space. If you remember when the Devils came out of the lockout, they had to wait to see what Scott Niedermeyer was going to do, and everybody ended up leaving. And they were in like cap a lot of cap hell. Niedermeyer went to Anaheim. They ended up really signing bad contracts. And um, who was the defenseman with the Montreal Canadiens? And he got suspended for skiing. Oh, I can't think of his name off the top of my head now. But um, Malikov. Bad contracts to him, McGill, because they didn't have anybody. So they were in cap hell. So what they did later on was they, I think they traded Malikoff to San Jose with a first-round pick to wow. tempt San Jose to take him so that they could free up cap space. Like that's You're going to have to have that kind of level of creativity, like what they did with Bushnevich. I mean, that's kind of what they did with Bushnevich in St. Louis. That was not an even deal. By any stretch. I mean, you know, to bring in Blay for Bushnevich, essentially that was the deal, but they freed themselves up cap space. They're going to have to try to do that. That might be what they end up doing with Lafreniere and Kako, where you hate to see those guys go, but do you make a deal to trade those guys to get, like, picks back just to alleviate having to give them the money that they're going to need to a team that's got cap space? You're going to have to – it's going to hurt. Like, Bushnevich hurt. Especially when you saw how he played in St. Louis, but that's the kind of level movement you're going to have to see out of out of Chris Drury to free up the cap space to go out and get those players. I mean, like Shifley, um, uh, Dubois. I mean, these are players that would be perfect on the Rangers for the way they play. But those guys are expensive, and it's going to take a lot to be able to free up the salary to bring those guys in. So that's what's going to be um, that's what's going to be tough. Dan asks a great question. What's your uh, what's with Fox being a Norris finalist? Morrissey, Darlene. Yeah, Darlene. I would have went with Darlene. I would have went with Morrissey. I Does it probably, matter? Well, listen, Carlson's going to win it right. going away. So it's- um, you know, listen, McCarr would have won it had he not missed twenty something games. He still had like a point a game. So, but listen, Carlson was sick this year. Vote so Ben Harper really if you matter. want. It really doesn't matter. You really can put Ben matter. Harper in it. Doesn't third. Who really cares? Does not matter. Um, oh, look at Sir Harvey Cruz. Should I even read his tweet? Mr. Devil still has the Red Bulls as his flag. He still has a, the, the the happy birthday Harvey with his Lawrence Taylor jersey, which kind of bothers me a little bit because I don't think it, I, Lawrence Taylor was a rumor to him. But whatever. Well, I'll still read Harvey's. Um, it's, Harvey does a great job, by the way. He's one of the board ops here at the station, but he's also a sick Devil fan. Um, so let's go to his tweet. He says, enough Ranger talk. Who on the Devils needs to have a breakout series to beat Carolina? 
and is their best shot on the power play. Special teams has been a big theme this entire postseason. I'll, I'll tell you somebody that needs to step up, and, and this might blow you away. I need to see more from Hughes. Hughes was kind of quiet at the end of the Devils Rangers series, if you think about it. I think he only had one point in the last um, two games of that series, and obviously very little to show for the loss 5-1 the other day. Um, he's their best player. I think you need to see a little bit more from him, and I think he got a bit of a pass because they won that series, but as dominant and, and as effective as he was early in that series, even in the two games they lost at the Rock, he was by far their best player. Um, I, I need to see something. And, you know, Heashier as well. Heashier got a pass, too. He didn't do very much in that series against the Rangers. It was it was all like uh, the lesser-known players, especially in that thir- that's Game 7 with Tatar scoring and McLeod scoring. They've gotten a lot from Hala. Um, they got a lot from Hamilton on the blue line. But uh, Heashier can give me a little, can give you a little bit more as well, and they're going to need that if they're going to win this series against Carolina. Yeah, I think Mercer and Bratt, too. Um, I don't remember hearing their names all that much. Um Shocking that whole series really was not top six heavy for either team in terms mm. of the the impact that you saw. Other than Kreider early, Hughes early, um, Tarasenko in spots, you didn't really hear a lot from Meyer. And of course, he's a game time decision tonight. He's still injured from the Truba hit. Um, the top guys for both teams in that series weren't weren't the top guys. And with if Carolina missing some players, you would hope that those guys would take advantage of that. Um, so yeah, I think I think if yeah. you're a Devil fan, you want to see more from your top guys. No question about it. Uh, let's see. Robert Thee says Rangers lost being blamed on not making adjustments, but I think the opposite is true. They didn't stick to what worked in games one and two: discipline in own zone and avoiding turnovers. And they, I got to be honest with you, they turned the puck over in the first two games too. Devils it, played better. Devils played better, and it really came down to special teams. I, I keep bringing this up, but I think it's true. Take a look at – go back over those two games. Everybody looks at 5-1. You take out if, – if the, if, the Rangers, if the Rangers special teams played as poorly as they did late in the series in those first two games, you can make the case the Devils at least get one of those games. So it looks like blowout city, but – you know, I called those games, and there wasn't a lot five-on-five. Five. The Devils didn't do anything. The Devils certainly played better, made their adjustments, but the Rangers, the special teams were the difference. They had two power play goals in each of those games. So that's two. That makes it 3-1. Um, Heedle scored an empty netter. Kako scored a meaningless goal late in game two. So if you really look at it, you take the power plays away, those are a lot closer. Those are completely different games. Devils had a one nothing lead after one in game two. You know, so uh, I, everybody looks at that and, oh, my God, they blew them out 10-2, and they did. The score is only is really what matters. But if you really dissect, go over those games again, there wasn't that much of a difference. It's just the special teams. That was the big, the big mover and shaker in that. Um, Haywood says, uh, with all the talk about Gallant getting canned, is there another candidate or is it Joel Quinville? Well, there's... I haven't heard any other name. I mean, other than Laviolette, just because there is a Ranger connection there. He actually played a, like a cup of coffee with the Rangers in in what little bit he played in the National Hockey League. I don't know if that really matters, um, but you know, I don't know if they would go Sutter. I, you start looking into Chris Drury's past um, of who he's had to deal with, um, but I don't even really know what the Gallant connection was. So no, there really hasn't been any kind of 
discussion about that. And what's your take if the finals is Oilers versus Leafs? Well, that means Toronto came back. I'm not feeling comfortable about the Leafs going to the Stanley Cup final. But boy, I, I don't know if your angle is going to be, oh my God, television. Take a look at the ratings. Um, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, um, what was the doubleheader the other night um, the, for game one? Because it was the same as last night. That the the, the Leafs have done have done a good number because they have Austin Matthews and Austin Matthews is an, is a kid that you know was born in San Francisco, grew up in Arizona. He's an American born player. It's an original six team, and the Oilers have Connor McDavid. So the idea that uh, TNT, who has the Stanley Cup final this year, would soil themselves if it's Oilers Leafs, I, I disagree. In general, numbers have been very good. The numbers nationally. have been outstanding. Now, obviously, it's going to be driven at the, the top series of the first round were Bruins, Panthers, Rangers, Devils, because it was driven by New York and Boston, two original six teams, two very popular teams. So with both of them gone, the numbers are going to be a little bit different. But I think people have really, uh, not that the Kraken are sexy, but it's a great story and it's an underrated market. And I'm sure the Pacific Northwest has kind of gravitated to that team uh, out there. Um, and you've got star players. You have Austin Matthews. You have Dreisaitl and McDavid. Uh, you've got some some skill players that are fun to watch. Uh, yeah, listen, Carolina and New Jersey's not going to move the needle very much. Over a million people did watch Game One, which isn't awful. Um, but you know, this is a chance for the NHL to kind of expose their stars. So even though you look at oh my God, two Canadian teams and the Oilers and the Leafs. I think people are going to know these players. You could sell Austin Matthews versus Connor McDavid very, very easily, and I don't think you'd have any problem doing that. Well, this is a lot of fun. Thanks to Anthony Pusick, as usual. Uh, We'll hopefully uh, connect with EJ on Monday. Uh, We'll be a little deeper, obviously, into the final. I don't think anybody could be eliminated by Monday. Um, but some teams can be in a lot of trouble. I mean, Toronto's in a lot of trouble already. So um, we'll take a look at that, kind of go over everything. Maybe we'll have a little bit of news coming out of New York as far as that's concerned, so we're looking forward to that. But please, please, if you can, get in touch with me over the weekend when all the hockey's going at at Donald LeGreca, hashtag game misconduct. We'll be back with you again coming up on Monday with EJ Raddick. This was the Friday edition of Game Misconduct. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca.